Mark Rutte, Prime Minister of the Netherlands and puppet of the Nazi Klaus Schwab, is stepping out from his position and is going to retire from public life. This is a nicety that has been afforded many a politician for a very, very, very long time, where they will be allowed to retire and be left alone. All of their crimes, both known and unknown, forgotten and unprosecuted, out of professional courtesy from other career politicians who expect the same courtesy in turn. This has to end, ladies and gentlemen. This has to end. The world is facing probably the greatest evil that it has ever faced in its entire existence. There is a global cabal of unelected elites who wish to rule over all of us. They are trying to do so by manipulating our economies. And most recently, they are trying to do so by controlling the production of food, by creating famine so that they can control us. This is not an exaggeration. This is one of the reasons that Mark Ruta is being removed, because he was cooperating with the Nazi Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum's movements in the name of environmentalism to reduce the use of various fertilizers and to reduce the size of cattle herds. Again, all in the name of environmentalism. But what really was going on was they were trying to create a worldwide famine. You create a worldwide famine, well, then the government has to step in. And the government gets to decide who gets food and who doesn't. And guess who gets the most food? Not just the government, but those people who support the government. Of course, The grassroots types who support the government, they just get enough to get by, being told that there is an enormous shortage of food. And those people who do not support the government, well, they don't get much of anything at all. But that's not the only evil this globalist organization is pushing. No, the other evil that they are pushing is starting to become uncovered with the most recent movie, Sound of Freedom. And Sound of Freedom chronicles the true story of the child sex trade globally and in the United States. Now, there are some people in the media out there who are trying to downplay this, calling it a QAnon conspiracy. The truth is, not only is this based on a true story, but they have, apparently for the movie, dumbed down the numbers of children and people involved in the sex trade, just to make it 
a little bit more palatable and a little bit more believable, but apparently the real numbers are even worse. Yes, you see Klaus Schwab and his Nazi buddies in the World Economic Forum and those who are helping him in the various governments around the world are involved in the child sex trade. They are facilitating it, they are running it, and they are profiting off of it. Ladies and gentlemen, these people have the blackest hearts that have ever, ever thumped on this great earth. The United States fought its bloodiest war to end slavery. This kind of evil, this kind of world-dominating, black-hearted evil is worth another war to defeat it. I don't know if that's going to happen, and I don't know when it's going to happen. But what we need to start doing, we the people, not only of the United States, but of the world, we need to start holding our elected officials accountable for the crimes that we know they've committed. And if we suspect or have proof or evidence that they have committed other crimes, we need to hold them accountable for those crimes as well. We need to prosecute them fully without regard to whether or not they are a politician, whether or not they are a member of a rich, well-connected family. And we need to sentence them and make sure that they serve out whatever sentence is given. I've been putting this next bit off for a while, primarily because there's just been way too much stuff of real relevance going on uh, in the world that uh, I have felt that I needed to address. But I can't let this one go. I just can't. Uh, there's a fellow on TikTok refers to himself by the name Watchful Coyote. He is, by all intents, a, a, an outdoorsman of sorts. He lives in the uh, very far northeast. I know where, but I'm not going to say where because it, it, you know, I don't want to out the fellow or anything like that. Um, I just want to point out a few things because he he. The way that he operates is fairly consistent with the left, and I just want to point these consistencies out. First thing is that he likes to uh, he likes to style himself as a masculine guy. Okay, he he likes to talk about manliness, manhood, that kind of thing. But he's a leftist. Leftists hate manhood. They consider masculinity to be toxic. So what he is doing 
which is very typical of the left, is he is redefining what masculinity is. And in his redefinition of masculinity, well, the left's redefinition of masculinity, uh, or anything for that matter, that they try to redefine, is sadly deficient from the original. And he has to, well, in this particular case, he had to uh, appear more masculine and warrior-like. And so he talks about a neo-Nazi that came to his town. I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's, you know, if you want to see it, you can. Again, Watchful Coyote is this guy's moniker on TikTok. You can check him out if you want. And you can uh, you can see this particular one. It it, uh, it says here, we'll, we'll go to it real quick. As a matter of fact, let's take a look at it. It says, uh, when you and your community, which are the same thing, are threatened and attacked, what will you do? Matter of fact, let me scroll down so you can see that part real quick. There you go. When you and your community, which are the same thing, no, they are not. But that shows you how much of a leftist he is. I am not part of the community. I am an individual. My family is a family. But each one of them are individuals. We are not part of a community. We are part of a society. But we are not part of a community. And we are certainly not synonymous with our community. But again, he's a leftist. So when you and your community, which are the same thing, are threatened and attacked, what will you do? Now he goes on to say that a fellow, uh, a singular neo-Nazi, showed up in his town and how he confronted the guy. and, And he actually told the guy that we don't want you in our town, we want you dead. Again, speaking for his entire community, because, of course, he, uh, who is not actually an elected official as far as I know in his community, but he, as a communist, feels the need uh, or the right to be able to speak for his entire community without actually talking to anybody in his community about that. But we want you dead he says to that individual, by his own admission, he says this, that he, they, we want you dead. Notice all the hashtags here. Threat, extreme, violence, protection, martial arts. He never actually mentions any martial arts, which I think is kind of cute. Uh, and, and I'd have to go through it again. Maybe he does mention a martial art. I don't know. But there's no actual direct conflict between him and this guy. Uh, defense, community, safe, masculinity, men, protector, health cycle. I don't know what the hell the health cycle has to do with any of this paradox of tolerance. He, he does talk about uh, a, a philosopher uh, and professor by the name of Popper, who was, by the way, professor and quite an influence on one George Soros. 
yell, scream, fight, angry, community defense, all for one, except if you're conservative, in which case we don't want you. Anyway, uh, you you might want to take a look at this yourself, just, just for shits and giggles, um, because it would be amusing. So he talks about this one guy who shows up in his town, and the one guy has a sign that says Hitler was right. And he gets all up, you know, gets his panties in a bunch, and then he confronts the guy, and, and, and he talks about how brave he was to stand up and fight for his community, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. Now, I want y'all to take a quick look at this fella who invaded his town, this singular guy, a neo-Nazi, one singular neo-Nazi. Take a look at this fella here. That's the guy. That's the guy right there. Now, that particular guy, as you will note, is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And the sign that has Hitler was right written on it is actually a whiteboard marker. It's a, it's a marker board. Uh, and it does indeed have Hitler was right written on it. Now, if I had seen this guy in my town, I wouldn't have paid him any attention whatsoever. I would have thought, guy's a nut, maybe a homeless nut, not going to mess with him. Well, you know, granted a homeless nut with a whiteboard, but still, maybe a homeless nut. Okay? And I wouldn't have paid him any mind. If I had paid him any attention whatsoever, then I would have jokingly said, right about what? Because after all, that is a legitimate question. Hitler had opinions on many, many things. Uh, the economy, for one. Um, he was actually the, the creator of the Volkswagen, which means the people's car, basically. Um, he was, of course, a socialist, which nobody will uh, on the left will admit. They won't own him, but he was indeed a socialist. But either way, uh, that's, that's all I would have done. I wouldn't have thought a, a thing about this guy. Um, but, but our Mr. Coyote, he felt it the need to, you know, confront this one lone individual in the Hawaiian shirt. The individual in the Hawaiian shirt, uh, does not have any markings or indications that he is actually a neo-Nazi. Indeed, the tattoos that we can see on him, especially on his left arm there, with the three uh, unfilled-in nautical stars, would seem to indicate that he's a bit of a hippie. But uh, I don't see anything indicating a, a, a neo-Nazi. Uh, his head is kind of shaved, but, you know, he's got a very high widow's peak and a bit of a bald spot running right down the center of his head. So, you know, I do the exact same thing because my hair is thinning, and so I keep my hair cut pretty short. Uh, so I can't blame him there. That's not a sign of a skinhead or a neo-Nazi at all. 
And then it occurred to me, something that the left does constantly, all the time, uh, especially uh, our current regime, um, because they cannot find any real neo-Nazis in any appreciable number, because they cannot find any uh, real white supremacists, again, in any appreciable number anywhere in the United States, certainly not any who are actively working against the United States. As a matter of fact, the closest they could come was that uh, the, the, the three or four guys that they managed to entrap in, I think it was Minnesota or something like that, when uh, there were like more FBI agents involved in the operation than there were actual suspects. Uh, and they came up with a, uh, a plot to kidnap uh, some Midwestern governor, I think, was the deal. But there, again, of the eight guys involved in the plot, uh, five of them were feds. And so, and then you've got this, this other, uh, I don't even remember the name of the group, uh, but they keep showing up in various places in fairly small numbers uh, in khaki pants and black shirts and uh, always wearing masks and, uh, and khaki caps. And uh, they, they claim to be some kind of new patriot movement or something like that. And it turns out that they are actually feds, not full-fledged feds, because full-fledged feds are, you know, busy uh, framing uh, American citizens for uh, various crimes. But these are like cadets in federal academies. And I would imagine they are also cadets from service academies as well. Uh, who are pretending to be a white supremacist organization. Uh, but they don't have, as a matter of fact, and, and I can say this for sure because just recently uh, they were run out of a particular town and as they were being run out, uh, one of them was unmasked and was photographically identified as a uh, member of, uh, of or a cadet from a uh, federal, uh, or no, uh, maybe he was in college or something like that, and he was, he had applied to the FBI uh, or or some other federal organization. Anyway, they're a bunch of feds or wannabe feds, and so they're playing the part there because again they can't find any real neo Nazis, so they have to make them. Uh, they can't find any real racism in NASCAR, so they have to create a. A, uh, a garage pull lever uh, or, or pull rope that they say is a uh, a noose. Um, they can't find any uh, neo Nazis uh, attacking black churches, so the members of the black churches actually have to paint the graffiti on the churches themselves. As a matter of fact, I don't think there has been an actual, evidentiarily proved. Uh, situation where real honest-to-God neo-Nazis were caught painting a black church. So, uh, and, and, and the same thing goes on in, in colleges and schools and st all of these, they, they have to use false flag situations. Hell, the entire January 6th situation, there were feds all over the place. And we now have video evidence 
that the people were actually allowed into the building and into the Senate chambers by Capitol Police. There's video evidence of this. So January 6th wasn't even January 6th. It was a fake. It was a false flag. And they have to create these false flags. And, and it occurred to me, if I was some guy, some little guy in some podunk town in New England, and I had a channel, and I needed to prove, to present my bona fides to everybody about how much of a manly man I am. And the only enemy that I could possibly do that for is a neo-Nazi. But I don't have any neo-Nazis in my little podunk town. What I would do is I would get an obscure friend of a friend to bring a whiteboard and pose behind the whiteboard. It'd have to be somebody from outside the town. Otherwise, somebody inside the town might go, hey, isn't that so-and-so? So somebody from outside the town, maybe a second cousin, I don't know. And I would have this guy, somebody I went to camp with, you know, somebody I went to summer camp with as a kid. Uh, I would have this guy, you know, and stand behind a whiteboard because I myself would not have a neo-Nazi flag. I would not have uh, any actual neo-Nazi paraphernalia. Just writing it on a whiteboard will do. You know, that will suffice for most of uh, the people who follow my program on TikTok in the first place. Again, most of whom are are very shallow, uh, not very intelligent people in the first place. And then they can laud me as the hero that I truly am, but that I can't prove that I am because, well, nothing ever happens in my little itty-bitty podunk town in New England. So, that's what I would do. I would have some random guy, who I knew from wherever, stand behind a whiteboard with Hitler Was Right written on it. Now, Doc, you might say, you're just being silly. You're just being, you know, what? That's this guy is obviously, look at this guy. He is obviously a dangerous, neo, just town overthrowing neo Nazi kind of fella. I mean, look at him. He looks like a hardened criminal. Well, I want to tell you about something, folks. Like I said, real honest to God. Neo-Nazi organizations are very, very hard to come by these days. They just don't really exist, again, in any appreciable numbers anywhere in the United States. However, I did some looking. In New England, there is an organization that claims to be a neo-Nazi organization. They call themselves... NSC-131, November Sierra Charlie-131. The NSC stands for uh, uh, New Socialist Club or Neo-Socialist Club or Nazi Socialist Club or something like that. And the 131, I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. Because 
they they posted a class photo and there's like maybe 30 of them all right and then there are other various photos from news organizations and at any given gathering of these guys and usually these guys are gathering somewhere around Boston you know because it's close to the beer but uh and they're based out of Massachusetts but but any any gathering that I've seen, there have been like maybe a dozen of them at any given point in time. But let me tell you about these guys. There's never a picture of just one of them. Okay? There has never been a photograph of just one of them protesting anywhere, making a statement anywhere. They always show up in force, as as much force as they can muster, which, you know, is anywhere from half a dozen to a dozen guys, except for that, again, that group picture that I saw, there was maybe 30 of them. Um, these guys always dress in black, black shirts, always. Every single picture, always dressed in black. And they always have actual, honest-to-God Nazi flags with them. And the signs that they carry are not whiteboard signs. No, they're, they're actual fabric signs with, you know, slogans painted on them. None of the slogans that I saw, by the way, ever said Hitler was right. Now, again, I'm not going to out... Uh, watchful coyote. I know what town he lives in. I'm not going to out that individual. I don't want any shenanigans going on about this guy because he's not worth it, first of all. Uh, again, I'm using him basically as an example. But I can tell you that this itty-bitty town of his has zero political value zero political value none whatsoever it's not even a blip on the radar quite frankly and i think that's great as a matter of fact his whole thing with being outdoorsy and stuff like that and 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 spending a lot of time out in the woods i admire that that is cool that is awesome i admire outdoorsmen a lot so that part of it, you know, hats off to you, Coyote. Honestly, I'm not kidding. Um, I wish I was able to spend more time in the outdoors. Uh, anyway, but his his town is just this itty bitty little little speck of a town. And again, nothing against itty bitty specks of towns. I like small towns too. I like itty bitty specky towns. You know, except down here in Texas. Unfortunately, I don't live in one yet. But this is not a town that has any political value at all. So this is not a town where neo-Nazis would feel the need to show up. And as you could see, from the picture that I previously showed you, that guy was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. 
And his tattoos were definitely not neo-Nazi tattoos. I know what those look like, and that ain't them. So, I'm thinking that Mr. Coyote, in order to prove his manliness and prove his manhood, created this little situation with a buddy of his so that he could prove how manly and masculine he was in protecting his little itty-bitty speck of a town in New England from a horde of one singular neo-Nazi in a Hawaiian shirt with a whiteboard. I've said it before many times, and I'm going to say it again and again and again and again. Hollywood is burning to the ground. And Disney is the tip of the spear for this great movement of theirs. I, I just, it, it boggles my mind how anyone could be so amazingly, brilliantly clueless about their own market. James Mangold, the director of the ill-fated Indiana Jones and the insufferable feminist of doom, uh, came out in an interview and insulted the fans, believing that they were just too unsophisticated, too shallow, too stupid to, to understand what a, a brilliant work of art this movie of his was. This movie that he basically had very little, if anything, to do with because his strings were being pulled by Kathleen Kennedy, who has made her name in Hollywood by destroying every single solitary intellectual property that Lucasfilm has by killing off or otherwise humiliating all of the legacy characters that were created by the original creators, men who are infinitely more talented and intelligent and creative than she will ever be, and inserting a brunette heroine who is practically perfect in every way and outshines and humiliates the legacy characters throughout the entire movies, all of the movies, Star Wars, Willow, now Indiana Jones. And this movie 
like all of her other movies, has gone through a number of reshoots, uh, multiple, multiple reshoots. They had like six endings, none of which uh, tested well with any of the audiences. James Mangold actually came on Twitter and lied about that fact. And he, again, is now coming out and and talking about how, you know, the fans are just stupid. We're we're just too dumb to, to understand why his horrible patchwork of a movie is is so great and amazing and such a work of art disney is 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 dying disney is in a lot worse shape than i thought it was even before it was in a lot worse shape than i thought it was uh i explained to you a while back how uh disney only had $200 million in liquid capital available to them at any given time right now. Well, apparently the situation has gotten worse. Uh, there are reports coming in that their parks are suffering. There are also now reports coming in that they are canceling shows that they have already spent millions of dollars on tens of millions of dollars on, hundreds of millions of dollars on. They're canceling these shows before they even put them out on Disney+, Plus, Hulu, CBS, whatever, so that they can take tax write-offs on these failures before, or on, on these cancellations. Willow was a failure. They took a tax write-off of Willow uh, because it was a failure, and Surprise, surprise, they decided that, hey, this is a way that we can get a quick buck. So they're canceling a bunch of shows that were otherwise in the can, or almost in the can, and they're taking tax write-offs on them to the tune of $50 million here, or, or you know, $100 million there, and stuff like that, just so that they can have a little bit more operating capital to kind of limp along. Uh, as a matter of fact, a report just came in today from uh, Cameron Pasha, who stated that a friend of his, he didn't name names, but a, this particular friend of his is a very high-level showrunner who has run a lot of apparently uh, very successful shows, uh, ran or, or, yeah, ran one of these shows for Disney that Disney is canceling. And, and not going to put up at all. And they contacted him and said, yeah, we think that we kind of overpaid you, so we would, were wondering if you wouldn't just kind of pay us some of that money that we paid you back. Not kidding. And Cameron Pashaw indicated that this is unheard of in Hollywood. This, this just doesn't happen. You know, if you're a showrunner and you get overpaid then it's just considered a bonus, according to Cameron Pasha. Uh, but, but 
calling somebody and asking for the money back just doesn't happen. That tells you how desperate, how bad off Disney really is. And it gets worse, specifically for Lucasfilm and for Kathleen Kennedy. Now, again, Cameron Pashaw had reported about a week or so ago that there were five people from Disney corporate that were kind of hanging around and looking into things at Lucasfilm. And these individuals were given access to everything. Computers, email accounts, financial files, everything. Okay? Well, uh, it turns out that uh, apparently they are lawyers and... It may just be that they're looking into financial malfeasance on the part of Kathleen Kennedy because rumor has it that she had been cooking the books. She had been taking, skimming money from other projects so that she could put it into her pet Star Wars project, The Acolyte. Now, she has destroyed Star Wars with her uh, sequel trilogy, okay? She has torpedoed the Mandalorian uh, with the help of Robert Rodriguez uh, and destroyed simultaneously the Book of Boba Fett. And her... her Pièce de Résistance was going to be the Acolyte. Through the show The Acolyte, she was going to retcon everything that George Lucas had ever done and claim Star Wars as her own, just as she was planning to do with Indiana Jones 5, having Indiana Jones killed off in the movie, and then having the insufferable Phoebe Waller-Bridge take up, and because of time travel, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was going to take up the hat and the whip, and then go back through time and relive all of Indiana Jones's previous adventures, except she was going to do it better than Indiana Jones was going to do it. And it was only the intervention of Bob Iger that stopped her. You see, he threatened her that if Indiana Jones 5 did not make $900 million, that she was going to be out the door. It's not making anywhere close to $900 million. As a matter of fact, Indiana Jones 5 has been shown up by Insidious 5 and, of course, the uh, new movie uh, Sound of Freedom. And at any rate, I digress, kind of. She was going to retcon everything that George Lucas had ever done and reclaim all of Star Wars for her own, using this show, The Acolyte. The plan of the show, The Acolyte, was 
that you have this young, and this is the the early days of Jedi, the the beginning days of of Jedi, and this young female, of course, Jedi, undoubtedly a brunette, um, who was going to realize that the only way to solve the problems of the galaxy would be to kill off the Force itself. Not kidding, folks. That was the plan. Anyway, she knew that she couldn't sell this. She knew that she, could, she would have to keep that whole plan on the QT, certainly keep it away from Bob Iger, and uh, certainly keep it away from uh, YouTube personalities such as Overlord DVD uh, and, and others, and, and the likes of Cameron Pasha. So she kept everything very much under wraps. But if you're keeping a project under wraps, you're going to have a hard time getting money for it because you have to tell your bosses something to get them to give you money to do the, the, the show. So what she was doing, apparently, was she was skimming from other projects like Star Wars uh, like uh, The Mandalorian, like Book of Boba Fett, like Indy 5. She was skimming money that was going to be used for those projects and funneling it into her pet project that was going to be the death knell of Star Wars. And word has it that that information, if it's true, if these lawyers can get evidence of this mishandling of money, this financial malfeasance, that is going to be used to leverage her out the door. Rumor also has it that everybody's jobs at Lucasfilm are on the chopping block, with the exception of John Favreau and that John Favreau might end up getting the reins at Lucasfilm once Kathleen Kennedy is finally gone. Now Kathleen Kennedy has proven to be uh, as resilient as a cat with more than nine lives. There have been many, many, many times when she was supposed to have been out the door, but has not been. And it is rumored that she has been so because she knows where all of the bodies are buried, and she can embarrass a lot of people. And that may be the case, I don't know, but she's certainly been resilient, and she has certainly been able to save her own skin on multiple occasions. There is no one that I can think of anywhere in Hollywood that could have gotten away with such complete and utter destruction of a studio. Nobody else. But she's gotten away with it. And she's still there, although it has been confirmed that her email account has been shut down. Her Lucasfilm email account has been shut down and she has been on vacation 
vacation. Uh, for she's got there's a two week block blocked out on her schedule for vacation, and this two weeks is what I think these lawyers are going to be using to go through all of these financials and her email account uh, and other people's email accounts as well. So Disney is is in very very bad financial shape and. And I would just like to send out the flying finger of friendship to all of those people on social media who have repeatedly told me, oh, Disney just got billions and billions of dollars and they can do whatever they want. Well, apparently not. And it looks like my prediction that they were going to be burned to the ground and that nobody would want anything to do with the Disney name are actually coming true. However, it's even better than I hoped. Because, you see, all of Hollywood is falling at the same time and in brilliant fashion. Because you've got this writer's strike going on and the actors are apparently going to be joining them, if they haven't already, in solidarity, which I think is fantastic. Because you've got these studios who have been allowing this woke garbage, this propaganda, this leftist, hardcore, radical leftist, pedophilic, evil propaganda to be pumped out of their studios since 2015. And now when they've realized how toxic this situation was for them financially and how they've realized now that they're not going to be backed up by BlackRock and they're not going to be backed up by Vanguard or State Street, that they're actually out on their own. And up that creek without a paddle... Only now are they trying to clean up. And they're using the writer's strike to do it. They're, they're trying to get rid of all of these writers and stuff like that. But now you got the actors joining them. And so what you've got is the perfect storm to destroy Hollywood. You see, nobody's going to miss those writers. Because nobody is going to see movies anymore. They're going to see good movies, but the good movies are very few and far between. Like you've got this new Mission Impossible coming out here pretty soon. That is going to... That's going to be the death knell for Indy 5 right there. Once that movie comes out, it's over. Indy 5 is going to be removed from every single theater in the United States. And that's happening next week, I think. Next week or or the week after next. Indy 5 is going to be gone from theaters because everybody is going to want as many theaters as they can showing the new Tom Cruise movie. And like I said, you've already got Insidious 5 and Sound of Freedom who are going to be taking up more and more and more space in theaters because they are so very popular. So Indy 5 is doomed. 
you've got other movies. Another Tom Cruise movie that did really, really well was the uh, Top Gun Maverick movie. People are coming out to see good movies, but they're not coming out to see crap. And Hollywood has mostly been pushing 98% garbage. And without writers, they can't recover. And these writers that are on strike are demanding, oh, we're demanding just a bunch of money. But nobody's going to pay for writers that nobody wants. And the actors are coming out in solidarity. Nobody wants to pay any actors that are a bunch of woke a-holes and that feel free to just lecture us from their uh, ivory towers and their uh, self-congratulatory incestuous awards shows. Nobody's going to miss any of them. You see, because the age of the Hollywood superstar ends with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is the last Hollywood superstar. And the laws in California, I'm quite certain, are very advantageous to unions. So that all of these Hollywood studios who would like to divest themselves of wokeness can't because they can't hire anybody that's not part of the union, and the unions are all woke. Now, they could possibly maybe film in other countries, but the places where they could film are getting fewer and further between, and those who would support them are getting fewer and further between. Hollywood is burning to the ground, and it's about damn time. And I think actually this new movie, Sound of Freedom, which I have yet to go see, but I am going to see at some point, is part of that. I think that the truth is finally coming out. I think that there is indeed an elite cult in in politics and in the uh, the super wealthy and the entertainment industry that thrive on slavery. They are evil. They are black-hearted evil. And they need to be dealt with, folks. Now... This country fought the most bloody war in its entire history to end slavery just in this country. We're talking about global slavery, a global slave trade that needs to come to an end. And it is run by absolutely the most evil people that this world has ever Seen. This is unprecedented on its level, on its organization. This is absolutely unprecedented. And on its evil, pure, unadulterated evil, this world has never seen the likes of it before. And unfortunately, it will be topped 
in the future, a future that is, I think, within the next century to half century, quite frankly. It will be topped. But right now, right now is the time for good people to put an end to this garbage. I think that this movie is one of the things that is going to lead us in that direction. I think that Mel Gibson is about to release a movie or series of movies or TV shows or something along those lines that is going to do the same thing on the same subject. I think that independent media is going to be able to uncover more and more and more of this evil... I don't know what else to call it. Just this pure evil that is attempting to take over our world. And I think they know it and I think they're scared. The very fact that the, uh, that the leftist media is having the response that it is having to the sound of freedom, calling it a, a QAnon conspiracy theory and so on and so forth. They're scared to death and they're, they're trying the, their best to play this down, but folks are just not having it anymore. First off, nobody's listening. Nobody watches MSNBC anymore. Nobody watches CNN any, anymore. Uh, hell, n- nobody's watching Fox News anymore. When you get beaten the ratings by MSNBC... You're screwed. Fox News is over. As a matter of fact, the, 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 the days of, of network media, the network news, over. Just like Hollywood. The days of network news, over. Gone. Done. We don't need them anymore. We have each other. The very second something goes down anywhere in the world, it is being broadcast to the whole world by somebody who is right there at that moment. From their, from their phone, videoing it and sending it out. So we can see raw footage without anybody, any intermediaries telling us what we need to think about it. So network news is over. We are going to be finding out what is really going on. And Hollywood... Big politics, the establishment, the globalists, all of it is going to come crashing down. Now, is that going to herald in some tough times? Yeah, probably. Is it going to be worth it? Definitely, 100%. I can think of nothing more worthy of another world war than the defeat of these wicked, wicked people. Now, I don't know if it'll come to that. The way things are going, honestly, I don't think it will. I really don't think it will, the way things are going, which I kind of think is actually unfortunate. I think it's necessary. I think this is a cancer that needs to be removed permanently. However, that's not up to me. I am not in charge. Either way, 
I'm going to enjoy watching this whole world system collapse in on itself. See, the news media has been a, uh, a leg on that particular stool. The entertainment media has been a leg on that particular stool. The various establishment political parties in the world have been a leg on that particular stool. And all of them are falling. All of them are collapsing. It's all coming down. And I'm going to enjoy every minute watching it happen. And I'm going to enjoy reporting on it every single minute to all of you. Or more to the point, commenting on it to all of you. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, hit the like and subscribe button down below. Hit me up in the comments if you have any comments, questions, or concerns. Or you can reach me at my email address, docbryantshow, all one word, docbryantshow at zohomail.com, z-o-h-o-mail.com. And you can get my podcast, The Doc Bryant Show, anywhere you can get podcasts except for Apple because I will not fill out their paperwork. Once again... I want to thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all later.